powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Oh, hi, Mark. Always, every time, every time. <laughs> Did you hold on? Before, I can't throw in a reference to the room. What, what are we here for? Ilyas's tweet when March rolled around. He's like, "Oh, hi, March," and I hate how quickly I retweeted it. Like, I, I'm very judgmental about my retweets. That one, I yeah, smashed it, smashed it. You gotta smash the retweets if you're shouting out Tommy Weezo. All right, uh, actually, you know, I don't know if people remember this because it was a long time ago. But back when we, you and I were at Habs Eyes and the Prize, we did this thing with the uh, Larry Ribbonsoin. <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine, James David, was kind of the genius behind it all. He wrote a few of the columns uh, about Larry Ribbonsoin and his son Sprague, who hated Larry so much. Larry <laughs> only ever passed; he never shot. So he was like a career leader in assists, a fake player. And his son only shot, never passed. So he, <laughs> he played in the League of Super Happy Fun Ball over in Switzerland. I, I think I got into a beef with Sprague at one point, me and him, but we don't talk about it. It's just uh, something happened a long time ago, and everyone voted him number one. I had him number 40 because Sprague, Sprague, you know what you did. 40 out of 36. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, uh, back in the day, James actually made a hockey card for Larry Ribbonsoin. And for the face, he took Tommy Weezo. Oh, is, is that? Yeah, it is. It is now that I think about it. Yeah. So we, I still have that card somewhere and it's signed by Tommy Weezo. What? Because he, he went to like a screening and Tommy Weezo was there and he got him this to is, sign the card and he had no like, idea what the hell was going this on. This is meta within meta before the meta was meta. Wow. I that's, know, right? That's Abed on community levels of, of beta. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Of course, of course. Welcome. Uh, KIC is here. Black Dragon, Dragon Noir, Ellen Keefe, David W., uh, Trinka83. I saw Trizak was here. Claire is here. Trizak, too. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Tardiff is here. So, always fun to chat with you guys. It's been a, a long time for me. I've been gone for two weeks now. So, uh, but before we get into the show, obviously, we've got lots to talk about tonight because, you know, I missed the trade deadline. I missed the Guryanov acquisition. <laughs> There's lots to talk about with that. Uh, this game obviously went from boring to entertaining pretty quick in the third period. But before we do that, we've got to tell you about our sponsor. You want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn, or in Ontario, download the app using the QR code at the bottom of the screen, 19+, plus. please play responsibly. All right, so with that out of the way, uh, I know there's there have been comments that I've seen lately, like, only in Ontario for the app, but this is a Montreal show. Listen, there's lots of expats in Ontario. There's... Oh, yeah. uh, there's lots of us there, so well, exactly. don't worry too much. And but, some of us came to Quebec from Ontario to kind of even it out. So This is true. Yeah, this exactly. is true. Or some of us came from Alberta, as as I did. Well, which so, is always uh, funny when we're sitting at it. It's happened before. Me and Andrew are sitting at a bar with, let's say, like Laura. And, and like people will be like, who's from Montreal? And they assume I am, Marc Dumont. I'm yep. the one that's been here the least amount of times. Laura is the OG. You know, me, me and Andrew, only we're both dirty Anglophones that come from, you know, Ottawa. A dirty Ottawa, and 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 you look at you, it's Fort McMurray. Yeesh. Yeesh. Yeah, I know, right? And you no, know, no, it's Fort actually McMurray, it's <laughs> it's been almost eighteen years since I moved to Montreal now, which means you're more you know, of I'm, a I'm, Quebecer than an uh, Albertan. 
yeah, it'll be half my life that I've lived in in Quebec, which is pretty fun. And mm-hmm. I was reminded by my mom this week, this fa- past Friday, because uh, I was like 18 years, I'm thinking about like timelines, right? When yeah. I was in grade 10, uh, my dad had cancer. So this f- Friday that just passed was my dad's 20 years cancer free. Oh, now that, which is that's an anniversary. so cool. That is right? very so, cool. I'm Absolutely. just shouting him out here. I don't know yeah. if he's going to watch. I don't, I don't know if he, he watches at all, but uh, well, we'll, we'll see. I but we do have someone dad. from Ottawa watching right now, and is Dennis Imisaku from uh, our good friend on Twitter. And also, Ellen is watching from St. John's. We've got people all over the world right now. That's the, the cool part. And Matthew Gregory, I don't know if I recognize your name, but welcome aboard. We're Absolutely. Tonight. And I shout out to JN says that I look very different. <laughs> <laughs> sharp bud thanks i uh i buzzed off the beard after i got my wisdom tooth and the cyst in my jaw just to see how much swelling there was yeah and see if i got any bruising but never really swole up never really got any bruising and yeah. then i got a haircut because it was out of control so. we had to force andrew to not come back on the show because you yeah. know he's a workaholic true. also andrew if i was running casting for let's say like sons of anarchy i would cast you as like a mid-level thug right now <laughs> if you just put some chains on and maybe like on a bike yeah, i'll just i'll hide that yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So no, actually you're no, no longer good for the part. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, there you go. But I, you know what? I do have a cool shirt on. I don't know if anybody watches what we do in the shadows, but uh... best show on Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we talk in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> anyway, we're going off on a few tangents here to start, but uh, it's been two weeks. I'm out of practice. What do you expect? All right. <laughs> Kay is upset that I had no swelling. Yeah, I'm just indestructible, apparently, except for my ankles, which are brittle as possible. So mm-hmm. the whole game, I'm looking at Mike Matheson and thinking, man, if wow. I could skate like that, I'd never take the skates off. What a player. But you know what? You get to a point in your life where you have one bad ankle injury. And like I was thinking last night as I was going to bed, my remember when I screwed up my ankle last year when I went solo camping? It's still all messed up. And it's been about yep. a calendar year. So eventually your body just stops recuperating. And that's that. You've hit that point, my friend. Well, I messed up my ankle when I was like 19. Yeah. And Game over, man. <laughs> never been the same. Then because of compensating for that one, I messed up the other one. So... Yeah, well, there you go. Then you're then you're even. Shout out to yeah. Chuck Smith, who's oh in Ontario, but from Newfoundland. Well, where where in Newfoundland? That's the important part. We got to know. For sure, right. we love the Newfoundlanders. My family is uh, on my dad's side originally from Newfoundland. Uh, really, the Hancocks from Gander and the Berkshires from Clarenville, St. John's area. They're all around, but uh, yeah, we're for, we're kind of from all over Canada. Well, it's and fun. also you're gonna have a lot of people from out east that end up in Fort McMurray. Whether everyone from New Brunswick ends up working in Fort McMurray, every single person this is true. that I've ever met from New Brunswick ends up in Fort McMurray. So it's one big happy family in Canada, right? Absolutely. Although, <laughs> not really. Everybody hates <laughs> yeah, each other. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, in one big happy family in here, at least. All right, let's talk about this uh, this Habs team. I yeah. I do want to talk about the game, but I want to just recap a little bit on the trade deadline because uh, you know you guys did the trade deadline show, and man, what a fantastic job you did. Uh, everyone from top to bottom. It was really incredible. I got to watch a little bit. Uh, For those who didn't see, I posted a video. I was making dinner while it was going on and uh, my youngest Miles was helping me and Mark was on a segment and he goes, it's Mark, it's Mark. He was like so excited to see Mark on the show. That just, that stuff melts me inside. Like I'm always like, no, I don't need kids in my life. I'm really happy doing, because you know, when I want to leave my house, what do I do? I put my shoes on and I leave my house. Okay. I know that's something that you can't do, but stuff like that. I'm like, oh, it, it it really it gets me right here. So shout yep. out to uh, Miles and Dylan. 
Yeah, they they have. I mean, Dylan's on March break now, so he's going to have a lot of fun this week. But uh, mm. I do want to just talk about the trade deadline a little bit because I feel like part of what's fun about this show is we get to get into the fun times for sure and you get hyped up, but we also get to play the like peacemaker in the stress out, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. Habs fandom is so anxious right now because they've seen coming off of the the All-Star break, the Canadians went on this little win streak and everyone was yeah. a little bit upset about it because they're pushing themselves out of the Bedard sweepstakes and they're paranoid about Florida, who's been a lot better mm-hmm. the last couple months, maybe pushing that pick out of the sweepstakes as well. And then the trade deadline comes. They really only sell Dadanov, so people are freaking out about that. And I got to say, my overall opinion, I don't know how you are, Mark, because I wasn't able to watch everything while I was out because, you know, the late games, all that, and then weekends with the kids. But I think people need to relax a little bit. I don't want to tell people how to feel, but the Canadians are going to be okay. I There's you know still a slim chance at Bedard, but I think what we have to remember is there's just no chance they were going to out-tank teams like Chicago or no. Anaheim. Or, or even Columbus, who's actually the worst team in the NHL right now. Which is funny because we only talk about Chicago. And Anaheim did everything possible to have that first, the best odds at first overall. And they had injury luck kind of like the Habs. And yet, they still are not turdy <laughs> bad enough. I don't know why I was going to use turd as a verb there. But they still aren't bad enough as Chicago and Columbus. So it's it was not realistic whatsoever for the Canadians to reach that point. No. Yeah. And the fact is, like, you're tanking for a percent chance right it's not actually tanking for the number one there are no guarantees yes yeah i mean and look at the new jersey devils last year they were nowhere close to like getting second overall right Mm -hmm. they got second overall things like that can happen colorado they were they thought they were it was gonna be amazing first overall pick they had to drop the fourth you know how heartbreaking that is until you pick a guy like kale mccarr and that's the point here even if they don't get the first overall, it's no excuse. You go out, you get a good player, and that's going to be a huge boon to the franchise. Yeah. Now, I do. The one thing that I will say about the draft that five. is a little bit concerning is there seems to be a lot of talk about the Canadians, if they were to have like Matt Vimichkov fall to them at seven, of passing on him. I heard that too. I don't get it. <laughs> if, if they pass, like, if you were to pass on him at like three and take Carlson, I can kind of square that circle yeah but at seven i feel like that would be a big indictment of hughes and co and the brain trust in drafting that's that's a little bit but we're not there right we don't know yet no but i did hear this as well from a couple sources i don't yeah you know given my history of the team i'm not gonna go put that out there but what i read online is the same stuff that i had heard and to me there's one common theme here and we're talking about dvorsky and uh reinbacher um there seems to be in Nick Bobrov's history, and, and I don't want to necessarily rehash this as we did today, but a lot of misses on high-end European players. And we're not saying your Sofkovsky is a miss, but what they did there is they kind of fell into the recency bias, that the trap that a lot of a lot of teams did. And it, 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 it's almost to the point that with when Nick Bobrov is involved, if you auto-picked for, for points, you would have ended up with much better players. So to me, the key for the Canadians, stop gal- don't galaxy brain this. Go with yeah. who you think is the best. And I know you're really pumped about development, but ta- raw talent is important as well. Yeah, it 100% is. And, you know, as much as 
you know, I've seen a bunch of people pe- freaking out about, uh, now I, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy that TSN had them picking. Oh, uh, Barlow? Yeah, Colby Barlow, I think. Yeah. Who's Good player. You know, a, a, a great goal scorer, but maybe not the goals. complete yeah. package kind of player. But here's here's what I would caution in terms of, like, obviously everybody wants Connor Bedard. If you can't get Bedard, you want Adam Fantilli. But no. the best team in the league right now has no top five picks on it, I don't think. I'm, I don't think Charlie Mack. I think he's, like, lower end of the draft. Yeah, Boston. Like... Taylor Hall. <laughs> yeah, okay, Taylor Hall. Yeah, but he's not a big like Taylor Hall's a second liner. No, but them, that, right? that was such a Twitter answer because I knew exactly what yeah. he meant. <laughs> but I what I'm saying is like that team's not built around no. top no. end picks, right? They got pa- lucky Pasternak. for sure. Uh yeah. Pasternak's like 25th. 26. Yeah. One That's spot before the Canadians took Nikita Sherback. 25th. I remember that quite clearly because in the I was in charge of the EOTP draft and Pasternak was there at 20, 26 or 25, yeah. and that's who I took. But I just don't think it's a valid excuse. Um, and let's not forget, they got the number one overall last year, right? Like yep. this idea that you need a number one overall in back-to-back years, of course it's a boon, but it's also a little greedy. You know what I mean? Like if we were other teams, we'd be looking at the Habs right now with a bit of a like, hmm, okay there. Like yeah, it's a little embarrassing. So at the same time, time, I'm like, when's the last time the Canadians had a full-on franchise forward it's a it's about time there's there's part of me that just believes it's destined anyway because yeah. like you saw the leafs get it and you're like come on let's even it out here yeah. but uh it's, wouldn't that it's be probably fun for the nhl it would be it would be great and as much as people are like oh it'd be great if he was in arizona grow the game listen the nhl is so focused on growing the game you know what actually grows the game the it's best good. franchises in yes. the sport being it's- great and I've always maintained that for the Leafs. Have to, and I know this is not the place to say it, but when the Leafs are good, the NHL makes a lot more money. It's a, yep. it's better for every single team in the NHL. But hey, listen, there's also Leo Carlson here that we're like. There's also um, Zach Benson. There's also Will Smith. There's also Matsuyasu. What like I would avoid divorce Dvorsky and and Reinbacher, honestly. And I don't know how Nick Bobrov feels about that. But um, there's a lot of talent, and if. Mishkov is available personally. I have him two right now in terms of talent. Yeah. Um, anywhere from one to ten, you don't pick him. I feel like, like you just said there, it's been so long since there's been a game-breaking presence, and he has that potential. You'd be you'd be stupid to avoid it. Let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. Don't galaxy brain it. Go for the guy with the high rating. Yeah, it would it would very much be uh, like a bit of a black mark on what they've done so far. But again, we're not hey, there but yet. Then there's guys like Lane out. Hudson who just set, as Ellen Keith mentioned earlier in the chat, just said, you know, the record for uh, most points in the last thirty years by an under nineteen defenseman, seventh in the NCAA for points per game. He led all defensemen in scoring. I mean. I don't want to get too excited. And yeah, the guy weighs 30 pounds with nails in his pocket, soaking wet. But <laughs> man, like the Canadians have never had a prospect like Lane Hudson in their system. Never, never, not even close, not Subban, not anyone else. Yeah, I mean, the fact that his closest comparable right now in terms of historical NCAA production Jeez. is Brian Leach. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, but geez, Brian Leach played in the NCAA when like the janitor was in net and like there weren't, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily, I don't think there were boards. I'm not sure there were refs like those, that era, but you're right. He came close to matching like a, a, a silly buck era, which is, yeah. And Brian Leach, for those that don't remember, he was unbelievably great. You know, one of those guys that like Bray Bork, even when he's acquired at the trade deadline by mm-hmm. a team in his forties, basically, he's still basically yeah. elite. Like he was that good. Not saying that 
Hudson's going to be that good, but man, he is, he has everything you want except for size. Right. And he improved his defensive game. There were two things. There was um, his gap control was a little off because he was so wily, like he was whipping around the ice. And that's something that Adam Douglas specifically worked with him at dev camp. So when they scouted him, they already knew what they had to work with, which I love. And uh, because of that, his, his defensive positioning was a little sketchy as well. And he's improved both of those leaps and bounds. And so has his decision making in the offensive zone. So like, it's not just a raw talent thing. He's already improved from the draft. Yeah, and that's great to see. But okay, so on to the trade deadline a little bit, and then we'll talk about this game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people were freaking out because they wanted to see like Edmondson traded. They wanted to see Monahan traded. Uh, Dodonov got traded for Garyanov, which I think is great asset management, frankly, even if oh, Garyanov yeah. doesn't break out in any way. He looks all right so far, I think. Had a bit of a tougher night tonight, but when you can trade a guy that you got for trading away a dead contract for a 25-year-old player who scored 20 goals, it's worth a shot. Uh, but the whole Monaghan situation, I don't know how, about how you feel, Mark, but as soon as that memo went around, the league was going to be looking closely at acquiring contracts yeah. that the player's injured and won't play again until the playoffs, Monaghan was never going to be traded. There's no chance because the league is purposely trying to d- stop that, and also his value gets completely destroyed. It's to me, uh, I felt like it was almost they're almost showing proof of life for guys like Edmondson and Monahan, you know, like, oh, Monahan's at practice, like he's not taking any hits, but look at him. So it almost got to the point that they were trying too hard. I, I will say this yeah. I don't know if you can blame. Okay, here's the timeline on December, I believe, 1st, you play the Flames. It makes sense to let him play there, even though he came in with a boot, right? Like, he, he wanted to play that game. That's kind of the play player him, pushing the envelope, right? And if you don't play him, that's that looks bad for like you. You go into Vancouver territory. You know what I mean yeah. for like being shitty towards players. The next game he played against Edmonton. Now that that's questionable. And then the game that he played against Seattle. That's five days later. You have enough time between there to figure was it, it Vancouver? out. Vancouver. Um, Vancouver, Seattle. Yeah, he left against Seattle. Or no, was it either? Anyway, he left in the Vancouver game because then they started falling apart. Oh, yeah, because it was first period, he had scored a goal. Scored a goal. But yeah. it comes down to the player and, and the, the doctors. If they say he's good to go, if Kent Hughes interferes there, he's essentially saying, I know better than doctors. Kent Hughes doesn't have a degree. He can't make that call. Now, I think what it does do is that it, it should trigger a review of their entire training, medical, everything that has to do with injuries, because you're up to 7,000 man games lost in two yeah, games, no in two years. But you can't undermine doctors. You just can't. Like we can now, we're saying retrospect, but at the time, well, like it's like going to your, you know, your your mechanic and you know nothing, and you're like, no, no, it's definitely, you know, my alternator. When he's like, no, no, your belt broke. Like, what are you talking about? So, I get the criticism, but I just don't know if you can blame Kent Hughes for, you know, for the Monahan situation. Yeah, I, I think the fact is you have to realize like they already got a first round pick from Monahan to take him on, and exactly. anything uh, on top of that was going to be a bonus. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but they already won that trade. Big uh, as far as like Edmondson is concerned, my read of the situation, I know people were flipping out because <laughs> Ken Hughes said in the like post-deadline conference, he was like, oh, you know, he's a leader. We wanted to keep him around our young players. To me, that's not him saying like we would never trade Joel Edmondson because he's a leader and we wanted to keep him. That's him saying the offers for Joel Edmondson, considering his injury history, were not good enough. So we have another year on his contract. We'll try next year. Fair enough. 
I'm just thinking, when's the last time you heard about a defenseman over getting, and he'll be 30 with chronic back issues that miraculously got rid of his chronic back issues. And yeah. somehow like, let's, again, it's a medical thing. So I am talking out of my ass a little here, but very unlikely, especially just like take the back injury out of it. It's unlikely that a guy like Edmondson at 30 will suddenly get better. But if you add the chronic back issue, there's a reason it's called chronic. It's because it doesn't go away. So yeah. I, I know that. But in my opinion, even if the deal was a fifth round pick, boom, it's gone. There's plenty of leaders on the team. You That ice uh, that cap, uh, that ice time goes to younger players and spare salary cap. So you can go get more contracts next year and get more Monahan style picks. Does that yeah, make I think sense? What might benefit them with Edmondson next year is guys like Baron, Gooley, Harris will be taking more ice time away from him. So he'll be oh. put in a more cushy situation. That could be, yeah. And then maybe he'll look a little bit better. Although I think he's looked better since, both since he, came, he back came back and yeah. before he went down to injury again. I feel like his play improved when they called up Justin Barron the first time. Mm-hmm. And it took like a couple weeks, but they, they kind of became simpatico and he became that guy that you kind of can trust with the puck a little bit more. Little so bit more. There, there's still something there. I just, I wouldn't play him with a, with a young player. He looks good actually besides Saval or with Matheson. He's actually, his numbers are actually pretty decent uh, with Gouli and et cetera. No, like that's, that's yeah. bad development. In that case, he's being a, like, he's hurting their on ice production, which is not what you want from a leader. I don't know. I, I, I love the human side of it. I understand it, but I just don't see this asset when teams are already pretty desperate for a, a cross checker in the playoffs that suddenly get better in the summer when there's no pressure. I, I don't see it happening. I'll eat my nacho hat if it does, but I don't think Edmondson will get a great return, even if he becomes healthy and somehow miraculously no longer has a back issue. Yeah. I, th- I think though it might be surprising. I didn't think that Sherratt would get a great return either, but then <laughs> well, he yeah. did. But and then he got a big contract from supposedly the best GM in the league from Steve Eiserman. So but, I think but, those guys but. just always have value. Do you know what I mean? Like as long as they can move and Edmondson is still a decent quality skater. Yeah, but Sherrod didn't play 45 games in two years either. Like, let's keep in mind. That's true. Edmondson played 20 games last year. Like this year he's played, he's going to, he's going to maybe get to 60 in two years. That's less than 50% of his last two years. All I'm saying is that back issues don't get better as you get to that age. Let's be honest. Yeah, I know. Uh, Trizak says we'll get Edmondson on DDP yoga. that's like the big thing and i've seen that uh, for years now uh all right let's talk about this show a little bit because we don't need to make excuses for kent hughes i just wanted to put some context on the trade deadline that i i I don't know if you already did but i I just wanted to say my piece but i'll add this is that he was really handcuffed by injuries let's be perfectly honest because that removed all the possibilities during the season and i will say that fans were perfectly fine to be disappointed but at the same time, there are very good reasons why they weren't active. The Canadians will be busy in the summer. This was never meant to be their big activity day. Yeah. And the other thing is, last year, yes, Kent Hughes absolutely crushed the trade deadline. Yeah. He does not have assets on the yeah. team this Lekin year that are anywhere close to Lekin and Toffoli and Sherratt. Like, not even close. So there was, it was never going to be the haul that they got last year. And even mm-hmm. though they didn't make a major trade this year, they still own the best dra- uh, draft pick to change hands in this upcoming draft from the Sherlock oh, abso- trade. Absolutely. And the last thing I will say is that if Edmondson could have probably, pra- probably played for two or three games, then I think it was just too risky for some teams. But if you would have actually shown 
you know, that he can play for an extended period without going to the bench, he probably would have been traded. Let's be honest. They just yeah. ran out of time. They did. And that, that happens. It was bad luck, but Kent, yeah. Hughes can't do anything about that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to remind everyone because we're uh, getting more people in here to uh, like the stream for us because it helps us grow. And if you want to be real cool, you can grab that link and share it on your favorite social media right now and get mm -hmm. some more people in here because why not have some more fun? But uh, I wanted to talk about something again. Sorry, I'm delaying talking about the game, <laughs> but Mark and I have tossed this idea around. I just want to put it out there for people who are maybe a little bit uh, excited and here and might want to partake. Mark and I have tossed around the idea in maybe April of doing a show live from a pub here in Montreal. Mm -hmm. So if anybody wants to do that, let us know because what we'll probably do is uh, there'll be like a ticket situation where you have to pay, but your payment will be like, <clears throat> it'll cover like a drink, right? Because yeah. the different, like if you do free tickets, you have a lot of people who will get tickets and then no show. And we want to make sure that if people get tickets, they yeah. show up. So it'll probably be like five to six bucks or something like that. And it'll be like your first beer or something like that. And it also helps, you know, push money into the pub that uh, we negotiate a deal with. Yeah, so exactly. And it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Like we've done this before we did it to Montreal at the end of the, I wasn't part of the Steve Dangle podcast network at the time, but um, you know, we had a ton of fun in Montreal with all the listeners. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it to me, that's the best because you can actually meet the people and that's what I love the most. So if anyone's interested in that, let us know because we might work out some. There's the two games at the end of the season. One of them, Sean Farrell will be playing. So that might be a nice time to kind of, you know, finish the season and watch the future. Join the Montreal Canadiens. 100%. All right, let's talk about this game. Uh, the first 40 minutes. Yeah. Outmatched, outworked. I was. I wrote down on my notepad here, without Gouli and Barron, they just, their defense is not quick enough, right? Well, Matheson's quite good, but he can't do but it all. He's the, only, he's the only yeah. guy. Well, yeah. Harris is too, but like, it just seems like they couldn't get the puck moving up the ice outside of Matheson or Harris carrying it out of the zone. No. And it's just like you're getting too thin, right? We know how many injuries they have. They just keep on competing no matter what, but they have so many injuries. But uh, then they came out, Matheson set the pace. Belzil, oh my God. He he's made my boy. a fool out of quick. You my, my, <laughs> my boy, Benzin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he really is, though. I love him. Like, he's, I'm so... Andrew, it's not just me being a fan of him. Listen, he's doing everything you could ask for from a fourth liner. He's producing more than second liners. Like, he's actually producing a good amount on the fourth line with questionable usage, hard work, smart player. To me, he's the easiest contract on this team. You give him another year or two. If not, he goes, he becomes the Laval Rocket captain. But I think he has a place on this fourth line for now. I, I agree. I, I don't think I don't think there's any rush to move him off the lineup. I would say like no. next year somebody's going to have to outwork him and outsmart him in training. Which is going to be difficult. It is. So if you, he brings you, this same attitude and this this same work ethic to next year, Belzil's going to be on the fourth line. I'll say this: if if a prospect that we're all more perhaps more excited about that wasn't 31 would be doing what he's doing. Like, like he's basically doing the Rafael Harvey Pinal light on yep. the fourth line. And if it was a 20-year-old doing it, we'd be losing our minds. Now, obviously, there's more value with a younger player, but it's not just a good story for Bezel. He's been a good player, full stop, leads the team in relative goals for percentage. I mean, expected goals for. Like, the underlying numbers support it. And also, he's from saint Eloi, So, 286 people 
close to Rivière du Loup, which is where my grandfather's from. So you had to know that important information. <laughs> Absolutely. And then obviously, uh, Suzuki makes the clever dump to beat all the four checkers to find Yulin so eh? in behind the net. And Yulin makes a great pass to Harvey Pinard, who makes no mistake. And I just, I, I thought they were going to come back and I was like, come on, you can't, you can't ruin the tank every you night. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like have it, a bunch but, of angry people. Right. I'll say this for Yulin is, um, I, I would argue that after his first few games, he really, really had a downtick in, in overall he did. performance. And it's not just that, and just engagement. Like you want to see him, he was getting outworked by guys like Hervé Pinard and Belzel. But I think in the last two, three games, incidentally, right about where I started saying, hey, he's kind of flunking his audition. He's been much better, much more engaged. It's not just the assist today. It's just the overall. Yesterday, there were a couple plays, or, or not yesterday, I sorry, time lost all meaning, but one of those games where there are a couple plays where he's questionable, but overall I'd say after that, you know, big, big dip, he's coming back out and he's kind of, he, he has to take advantage of this audition. So he it'll does, be fun yeah. to see how he does for the next 19 games. Yeah, it is. And, you know, getting the, the, the chance here to play again with Harvey Pinard, a guy he's familiar with, you know, I think that makes a difference as well. Right. It's not just yeah. about the confidence of finally getting the goals going for him. It's mm -hmm. finding somebody that he can work with. Like, I don't want to dog him, but who has been better when they're playing with Christian Dvorak? You know what I mean? Like, he's not making anybody better on this team and hasn't for two years. Lawson so. Krauss probably was the last guy that yeah. I don't know. Hey, Vincent, or my good buddy Tardif, I just call him Tardif, old school style, as if we're at Scouts, um, is asking about Frédéric Alors, I'd have to check the numbers again. He had but a good at one game, point, just didn't play, not, play much. Exactly, but um, you know, good good breakout passes. Like this guy actually has bottom pairing potential, which you really have to read into what I just said there. But um, he was leading the team in shot share at one point while the Habs were getting just outclassed significantly. So, like um, like Andrew mentions, he was he was sheltered, but he did well. So it was a good first game for uh, Frederic Allard. Hundred percent. He played about eleven minutes, and he did end up leading the the Canadians in shot share. So, hey, good game from him. Uh, Josh Anderson actually led the team in uh, relative expected goals for percentage. That he's just continued to play fantastic hockey the last little stretch here. I'm happy to so. see him do it beyond the deadline too. Like, and, and I guess that's just a bit of a cynical view, but you want to see that till the end of the year. Uh, listen, I I know what he brings to the table, but Josh Anderson also has his tendency to ghost the Habs for months at a time. So he's been really good since January 1st. I think his consistency has been the best since he joined the Habs. Keep it up. You want to see that right down to the last game. And with all these guys out of the roster, it's good to see Josh Anderson show a little bit of bite, a little bit of fight back. And, and I think he's leading the way in that regard. It was Jake Evans doing it at one point. And now it's, now it's Josh Anderson. You know, it's maybe there's nothing to play for, but pride is always on the line. Yeah, 100%. And the fact that he's doing it now away from Nick Suzuki, I think, is also something that matters. Because yep. Suzuki has been a guy who, you know, makes his line mates better for as long as we've watched him in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And seeing him t like carry the bag when your center is Jonathan Druin instead of Nick Suzuki, it's a big drop. No offense to Druin, but like, just hey, as a center... Don't make me start on my Drouin is leading. I know I'm not trying to dog him again. since January 1st. No, no, I hear you. And what I'll say for Anderson, and I wrote an article on Montreal Hockey Now about this. It's he, he, like, yeah, it's great when he's with Rafael Harvey Pinard and, and uh, Suzuki, his numbers skyrocket, but he's actually changed his style a little bit. He's no longer the road runner. Like he, he, he can, he's no longer like, ah, I can't turn left, you know, like, or I can't turn right. He actually 
cycles a little bit more now. He's using his uh, the ice. He's creating passing lanes. It's no longer just north-south, north-south, and that's very important for him. He had uh, one of the games recently had like a little spinorama in front of the net where he was trying to set up his teammate. So yeah, good stuff from him. Case uh, <clears throat> says maybe benefit from working with Adam Nicholas. It, it could be for sure. You know, the, as much as you don't, don't necessarily develop. Yeah. I mean, as much as you don't necessarily develop too much past the age of like 24 or so in the NHL. You can break. <laughs> yeah. You can build new habits or break bad habits and, and add new things to your game. That's how some of the players who are you know older in this league stick in this league. Look at Eric Carlson. He is not the player that he was with the Ottawa Senators. Smart guy, though. He still he can't him. pivot on one of his ankles, right? But he's found a way around that by being extremely smart. And I'll give you one. Andre Markov. Remember that? How he yep. reinvented his game? Like yep. that's he couldn't skate, but he could still that's why I was calling him vision. He could hit a guy miles away he couldn't move he literally like his you know his knees were about 12 years old each because they both got replaced but yeah smart players find a way to reinvent their game and I, I wouldn't say that's Anderson's strong point so so seeing him change his style of play very encouraging very encouraging yeah 100 percent. and uh, one last thing that I wanted to talk about tonight is something that I noticed with Nick Suzuki uh, who didn't have a great night tonight I thought he had some good moments but three or four times a game Nick Suzuki goes in on the four check mark. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but it looks like he's not going to get to the puck in time. Like he's either going too slow or he's angled out by the opposing defender. Yeah. And then he gets the damn puck. And I don't know how he does it. He's, he's smart. He's, he's, he he's is the smartest. extraordinarily smart. Yes, not again, not uh, time lost all meaning, but last game he intercepted a drop pass where oh, such you, a good play. Like mood state like he 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 anticipated it so well and he just had to lay back and kind of let the guy make the mistake. But yeah, Nick Suzuki's greatest asset is his is his intelligence and it's on display even during that drought. He was making five, six, seven plays a night where you're like, wow, that is yep. absolutely brilliant. So yeah, even I think that describes Nick Suzuki quite well. Even in one of his down nights, he impressed us like three or four times. We were like, God damn, that is some yep. good hockey. He could have all zeros on the stat line and have the five best plays of the game. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, yep. you know, I was talking to because I, I was thinking about like kind of messaging Megan Chaker or something from Stathletes and being like, can you quantify some of the things that Nick Suzuki is good at for me? Because like so much of that stuff is Neutral you can zone. see it if you're paying attention specifically to Suzuki and watching Doesn't show him up on the score sheet, though. Yeah, so it's very hard to do. And I was talking to uh, Jesse Marshall from The Athletic. Who, he covers the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he was saying, like, Suzuki's a top three player in the league for him in terms of entertainment for watching. I was like, that's a big compliment. He was like, yeah, I don't know if anybody in the league is as smart of a player as Nick Suzuki. And yeah, he was talking about how he could make, like, a, a Suzuki highlight reel yeah. Without of just, like, goals. smart plays. And he's like, I think it would be, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, please do that. And he's like, I'm going to do that. Like, All right, let's... Let's get this going. I love that. But also one thing I will say, which I feel like not knock on wood here. Have you noticed that every single like the, if the Habs were an army right now, it would just be it would be Nick Suzuki, like John snowing it like Game of Thrones yep. style, you know, just alone waiting for the cavalry to come. Man, this guy's health is through the roof, you know, so in, in a season where the Canadians lose seven players per game, Nick Suzuki has remained a rock. And, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty encouraging to see because he's not the biggest guy and he goes into dirty areas but never never seems to have any kind of you know we saw him this year there were some issues but those are issues you play through overall Nick Suzuki is as sturdy as they come 
Yeah, 100%. And when he does get hit, he pops right back up. It's rare for him to get hit, but yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I don't want to keep everyone too long tonight, Mark, because The Last of Us is uh, starting now on HBO slash Crave in Canada. So I oh, need to get Mr. to that. Look at Mr. Premium Subscription Moneybags over there with his... I <laughs> share it with a friend's account. <laughs> yeah, pay that. yeah, that's how Disney is for me, Disney Plus. Um, I share it with my, my my godson. So, and like, it goes from Star Wars or anything pretty rough to like, pa- or Pat Patrouille in French there, you know, Pat Patrouille, <laughs> Pat Patrouille, which is, they're good shows. I'll admit it. They're, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are coming back. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, we're all about Bluey in this family, and uh, the kids really are enjoying Bluey? a show on Netflix called Hilda, which is really strong. And actually, Bella Ramsey, who's in The Last of Us, is uh, the main character in Hilda. Hilda? I never heard of it. And it's really good. Uh, I believe it comes out of the UK, but it's like about a girl facing living in a place called Trollsburg, and there's trolls and like all sorts Trollsburg. of magical creatures. The whole Trollsburg. thing is basically like you're afraid of things you don't understand and once you understand them there's nothing to be afraid of it, it's oh. like really good messages for kids so it, it's really cool and Speaking really cool of animation as well of really good messages k our de facto producer here just reminded us to like and subscribe this like the true. show and subscribe to this stream because i'm terrible at doing this one last thing about kids shows when i was my 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 good friend had a child pretty young so like when he was 17 he had a kid so we were watching in high school and it was um the best show was blues clues because they had ray charles and stuff playing as the musical guests so i, I don't know if the shows stand up now but blues clues now that that was the truth yeah yeah 100 percent. all right uh we're gonna sign off the show here in a second but uh, jeff boivere asked me to say a few Boivre. words in french be careful what you wish for because it's not going to sound good. I'm you just can say, like, not very good. Andrew Berkshire, right? Well, here's what I'll do. I'll I'll say goodbye in French, and then Mark will take it home and say a proper goodbye en français. So, uh, bonsoir, or I guess bonsoir, because we're heading out. But uh, merci beaucoup. We'll see you on uh, Tuesday is the next one. Yeah, Tuesday. All right, Mark, take us out in real French. Grandement apprécié tout le monde, on vous apprécie tellement. Merci d'avoir venu sur notre stream. Faites certain de revenir, c'est mardi le prochain match. Mais même si vous revenez pas, on vous adore. C'est la seule raison qu'on fait ça. Merci beaucoup et à la prochaine fois. Merci. Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.